Welcome to the Worst Critics episode 23 redo slash metacast. Um, if you watch Thursday, you know we had a pretty good episode and had a lot of good talks, a lot of good chats, good information, you know, some banter going, some witty jokes. Um, but we didn't exactly record it. Um, so today we're going to give you a short... We Okay, sorry. I did a quick unforeseen circumstances, completely out of my control, led to the fact that the episode was not recorded. Uh, so today we're going to do a quick recap, basically, of last episode. We're just going to try and get through it. We're going to give you some podcasts to listen to, and let's get into it. We're going to start with the news, like always. I, you'll, you'll see where we go with this. Okay. All right. First comes first, we have Matthew McConaughey is going to re reprise his role for an HBO series called A Time for Mercy, uh, as the sequel to 1996's Time to Kill. Uh, that was, it's a southern, it's based on like a southern courthouse criminal case, and Matthew McConaughey is a lawyer. Drama. Yeah, good legal drama, very 96. This time. <laughs> yeah, very 90s for a movie, but uh, still good, and... You know, Matthew McConaughey back on HBO. Always excited for that. Next up, and really can't go wrong. <laughs> Next up, Anno Manuel Soto is to direct a new Transformers movie that is not connected to the Bayverse. Now, see if we had if we had the natural banter that we had Thursday, we'd get to the point where we talk about how we want a Transformers uh, corporate capitalism on Cybertron movie. Um, but you know, I guess we won't really get to that fluidly. So I'm just going to tell you the joke. That way you, you get it. You can get the reference for later. Uh, <laughs> now, this will not be connected to the Bayverse, which is... Oh, Zabutak, thanks for following. And that is just in the middle of our stream that I haven't moved. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, that's not connected to the Bayverse, uh, which kind of makes me sad because I wish they doubled down on it. Because, I mean, it just seems like they're being kind of afraid of their own series, kind of like how DC has been doing, where they're backing off from everything they've done in the last 10 years. They know they'll make too much money, so why bother trying to make something good? Right. I mean, they can make a new series. We could get six of these Transformers. Let's just have six of these uh, Anno Manuel Sotos. They're going to put that bad energy out into the universe. They've already heard it. Okay, they've already heard it. All right, next piece of news, The New Mutants which is a Marvel Fox movie, is now coming to streaming on HBO Max. Uh, it's coming on April 10th. It's kind of surprising that this is a Fox movie, and now that Disney owns all those properties, it's weird that it's coming to HBO Max and not Hulu or something like that. Uh, but it kind of just gives you a sense that these contracts and these streaming contracts are super old and or take a lot of planning. I mean, that's movie's been in production for three or four years, so the fact that Disney's purchase of Fox that happened, what, two years ago, um, didn't affect this at all, it's kind of crazy, but I don't think Disney cares too much. I don't think they'll even acknowledge that it's their property. Okay. Fantastic Beasts, but X-Men. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> is, is that where we got to? That's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, First Class is actually... <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't know, First Class is just uh, Fantastic Beast, but for X-Men. That's a fact of life everyone should know, apparently. <laughs> My fedora in the, the, the grave. 
And, um, you know what, I'm just going to reuse the same transitions. John, I know how much you wanted more Game of Thrones spinoffs. Uh, we're getting three more. That's in addition to the three we've already talked about. One is called 10,000 Ships. It'll be a prequel that follows Princess Nymeria. I don't know who that is. No idea. Another show is called Flea Bottom. I guess it's just set in Flea Bottom. There's, um... There's not a lot of info. That's about it. Not even, not even in Westeros, baby. <laughs> yeah. um, just flea bottom. Yep. Okay, and the last project is going to be made by the uh, HBO show Rome. Uh, the creator Bruno Heller. He is going to create a show called Nine Voyages, which will follow Lord Corlys Valyrian. Uh, I don't know said characters at all, so. I guess and, we'll see again, in the next five years. I'll just touch on the quick point that I made on this, but the Game of Thrones is cool. Happy they're making more stuff. Hope it's not done as in poor taste as the ending of the original series. Um, again, there's enough source material, enough lore, and enough universe established that it could be cool. could be really good. They need to stop telling me that they're doing them. Just surprise do them. Released a really cool cinematic trailer. Really don't fucking hype me up with random shit. Like I don't care about who Lord Carillus Virilion or whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care about Princess Namir. It was just like show me some cool Dornish shit. Show me some fucking badass subterfuge. Show me some, you know, middle medieval realism. You know, that's kind of what everyone liked about the show. I don't care if there's zombies. I don't care if there's magic. I don't care if there's cool little ghouls. I don't care about the scandals. I don't care about the incest. All that can happen. That's not what I'm there for. <laughs> Right, I mean, good TV. I mean, obviously they're just—they're—they're—they're they're, they're pulling a uh, Disney Star Wars thing where they're just right. printing that money. I mean, obviously it's kind of going without saying, but uh, it seems that George R. R. Martin isn't complaining. Like, I—I I, to write any more books. Yeah, I love that he's just super happy to just kind of pour his uh, his own property out and gives him a lot of money. I bet, bet you the paychecks are pretty fat. Um, yeah, the, and these three are in addition to the other three, the animated one, the um, total side project. Yep, the House of Dragons one, and, and the, that dude and that dude one, whatever that's called. Something an egg. Something an egg. Yeah, so they should rebrand it. Whatever the first name was, it's just something. Something an something egg. And egg. <laughs> Duncan egg. I think it's Duncan egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so we were getting six Game of Thrones spinoffs in the next few years i'm not sure if all the release dates have been confirmed but you know i guess we'll see right all right we are getting a ghost of tsushima movie uh you'll know that as the video game samurai video game that was la uh, released last year i believe so uh last summer and which is kind of weird just because it's so recent but it is being made into a movie directed by chad stahelski this is the man who directed i'm pretty sure three if not all four of the john wicks um i'm not even sure if that fourth one's japan, out john wick i'm sold yeah 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 yeah, yeah. feudal japan john wick john wick cinematography and camera work just lends itself to samurai there you go yep. we covered it uh sony's being uh or sony is a part of production so that's the original developers sounds good moving on Kerry fukunaga is going to direct a movie based off the comic book series tokyo ghost um, this is a comic book series where post-apocalyptic wasteland, I think it's set in San Francisco, these two or three characters 
uh, want to get to Tokyo, which has now become a flower garden of Eden, like flower state. They, they have some word for it. Um, yeah, some, yeah, garden utopia. I ha- I'm not very familiar with the series. I just know it had a lot of hype when it came out, like four or five. It's probably way older than that, five plus years ago. Um, yeah, Kerry Fukunaga, if you don't know, he uh, directed some True Detective Season 1 episodes. He did Beast of the Nation, yada, yada, yada. We'll see, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully it's good, but it'd probably be, like, okay. I feel like that's kind of his history of production. It's just like, I hope it's great. It's, all right. Okay, uh, Adam Wingard, Wingard, who recently directed Kong vs. Godzilla, has said that he is being tasked with directing the Thundercats movie. He goes on to say that nobody has thought about Thundercats as much as he has. Um, which, obviously, that's just... I mean, that's just hearsay. That's literally... There's nothing to that. Uh, it's a baseless claim. Right. And I think... He's done the research. He's, asked, <laughs> he's done the polls. He's I, the most viewed Thundercat viewer. I think Thursday I said it's going to be terrible to blend, you know, Thundercats original designs with modern movie making. Um, we're either going to get the only thing there is dying nostalgia. That's it. Right, which is forty-year-old men just being just waiting for that Thundercats cap- movie. <laughs> How do you capture that audience again? Listen, like we audience. we're either going to get you know a famous actor in a speedo and underwear, or we're going to get Lionel with a fucking military buzz cut. There's just I don't think there's any in betweens. That's what we're going to get. Uh, he went on to say that he wants to fuse CG and cartoon. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for the style or the production. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> please not Tom and Jerry. Just please. Um, yeah, I'm. you know what? I don't really care. After watching Congress of Godzilla, I don't really care about this piece of news anymore. <laughs> I'm over it. All right, next piece of news, which is way more important. Uh, the new Powerpuff Girls reboot oh, we'll sequel. Right this time. Yeah, Powerpuff reboot sequel has announced that Donald Faison will be cast as Professor Utonium which is the man who created the Powerpuff Girls slash their father figure. Um, yeah, this is this is when I learned that all Thursday... Parents, all parents create their children. He's just their dad. Don't be weird. I mean, he created them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, cre- like lab... <laughs> okay. tube, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, Thursday I learned it wasn't Professor Plutonium because I thought the alliteration was nice. Apparently it's Professor Utonium. Just in case you Donald, guys didn't know that. Donald Faison is the black actor from Scrubs, opposite of whatever the white dude's name is. Graf. Is that Graf? Yeah. yeah. Is it, I think it's Faison. I want to say, say? Faison. Totally different. Sure. Totally different. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, uh, that'll be on CW. I'm pretty sure late this year, early next year. I really doubt he'll be in every episode, but Donald Faison and more things is always a good thing, really. So we'll see about that. Okay, we're getting a CSI sequel series. This is a sequel series to the original show. It will be simply titled CSI Vegas. It'll follow uh, Gil Grissom and Sarah Seidel, both uh, played by returning actors William Peterson and Georgia Fox. It is said to be a whole new series. They don't want it to be a one-off, so I expect more than one season of this show. Whether they get a new team, bring back the other 
guys who knows probably old probably retired from acting who knows uh the only two that are confirmed are grissom and sarah seidel but uh we'll see about that it comes out next year i'm assuming that's going to be a cbs slash paramount plus i mean right. I, I think yeah i think i think we landed i was like is that is it going to be live tv or is it going to be paramount plus is it going to be both and probably both i would yeah by next year i would say they're so intertwined that it's if it comes on CBS, I bet it will come on Paramount Plus, which is how it should be, but I doubt it. Okay, uh, Neil Blomkamp made a surprise announcement for his new movie titled *Demonic*. Uh, apparently, it's going to release this August. It is a horror thriller about a young woman who unleashes some demon stuff. Uh, who knows? That's very vague plotline. That's really pretty much all he gave us. But the fact that he just dropped this announcement. Four months before a movie release always has me excited. HBO, understand that this is what we want. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. I, want, I don't need two years of production news. You know what I mean? Like no one cares about it. No right. one. Even the nerds. Even the losers. You know, I mean, even shit. even speaking to your point, even though we're kind of past it. Um, even speaking to your point, it's funny that they announced that um, thousand year prequel about the ladies the women the ancient race of women in game of thrones and then they can that so it's like just it's exactly why no one cares about it right because (laughs) now you've hyped up a whole audience who's like oh that's gonna be awesome you know oh i can't wait to watch i wonder who they're gonna cast as blah 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 and then literally month later they're like nah sorry about you yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'd rather have Uh, a full finished body of work well apparently see apparently that spinoff had like a full pilot but HBO was like, mm, uh uh-uh. <laughs> So it must have been really bad for HBO to say no. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, like a studios, right, John? Creators of stop-motion mm-hmm. movies. Uh, such as, yeah, such as The Hidden Link or Two on the Two Strings. Well, apparently they are gearing towards making a live-action movie titled Seventeen. It'll be just, sorry, it is described as an action thriller. It is based off a book titled 17 that has yet to come out. Um, I, I think Thursday I touched on it. When is this ever a good idea to base something off something that's not come out yet? I mean. And to completely switch everything about, you know, uh, what's his name? Machine Gun Kelly made mediocre rap music, made really shitty pop punk. Don't oh. switch. <laughs> okay. you, you've come you've come to a conclusion that you're good at something, good enough to make money from it, good enough to make an Oscar nominated film from it. Films, plural. Don't don't switch up your whole dynamic. Don't switch up what you're good at. Uh, I, I don't know if we have the exact numbers or do you recall the numbers? Um we and did discuss involved. yeah, we did discuss their last movie. Yeah, it their was last one. Cost- Cost about a hundred mil, eighty mm-hmm. mil, something like that, uh, and they made twenty. They lost eighty, I think. Total. Right, I think that was the missing link, the Hugh Jackman Bigfoot movie. Uh, yeah, so that could definitely explain why they're trying to do live action. I mean, if the I, money's not printing, that, that that puts a little bit of uh, fire under your ass to get you to stand up and run around and check things out. But checking things out doesn't mean move to a different fucking state, sell the house kill the kids well they're not okay to be fair they're not killing the kids they said and i or not quote 
but they said specifically that they are continuing their um, claymation slash stop motion. Animation. That means they're making new kids. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the old kids weren't working out, okay? They killed the old ones. Just a do-over, you know? Well, I, oh, here's what happened. It was the dad and the divorce, and they didn't try to fight for custody. That's mm. what happened. I mean, hey, you know. <laughs> like, there you go. I'll pay the child support, okay? I don't want to see you. you. You can keep those movies. We don't. Yeah. We'll move on. We got it. Okay, uh, speaking of terrible transitions, we're getting a movie about Jonas Salk. Uh, starring Jeremy Strong, who has risen to fame a bit Wait, in the show. That's how you're gonna do it? What? Do people know who Jonas Salk is? I thought the whole thing was you had no idea who he was. Well, I'm gonna continue. Okay. I knew who he was. I didn't know the other guy. Didn't you? Okay. okay. Come on, John. We're trying to get a professional production here. Okay. It's gonna star Jeremy Strong, who has risen to fame a bit in the show Succession, where he plays Kendall. Um, he's also in the Trial of the Chicago 7. I think that's the title. I just, I don't get the number right. Yeah. Chicago 7? Chicago 7. Okay. Uh, he's also in that movie, so he's on the up and up. Got his first lead role playing Jonas Salk in a movie, or in this movie. It will be called Splendid Solution. Um, mm-hmm. it'll follow Jonas Salk about him finding the cure to polio. And what was, what was the other the guy? Other guy? Uh, I forget his first name, actually. I was about to say the Alabama football coach, but Saban. Saban. Is, and was Saban in the same time period? Like, do you think yeah, Saban will be a character? Yeah, gotta be. Were they, like, in the same did they know period. each other? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think oh. they both won the Nobel Prize for it. Oh. Shared it. For the same thing? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Seems a little less impressive when somebody else has done the same thing for you. Sure, I mean, you know what? Vaccine for polio. That's great. That's great. <laughs> they, they came up with two different. They came up with two different uh, formulations. So uh, one's like an oral one, and one's like an injectable one. So for different populations, like in third world countries, they get, I believe, it's the Saban, and we get the Salk one in the United States because classic. different transmission rates and ways that you get polio in different countries. Okay. Well, that was the last piece of news. I'm gonna throw it over to John for upcoming album releases. If you want to take over. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to skip the funny one, but just know that there's a band out there uh, called Godspeedy Black Emperor that's coming out with an album called uh, God's P at State's End, but the O is an underscore, and uh, the music is garbage, and uh, mm. the songs don't matter. Uh, so the album's worth mentioning, or at least worth discussing in a little bit more detail. Uh, the Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil, The Artist Starting Over, whatever the heck god-awful title she's decided to go with this one. We a pop. R&B oh, is, is that why she's had a lot of PR lately? I think I said that. I think I said that Thursday. Yeah, verbatim, verbatim. Uh, and it is exactly why she's all over the internet right now. Um, it's about her drug overdoses and her recovery. It's right. cool. It's an interesting concept. It's totally unique. No artist in the history of music has ever gone through an experience there's, like this. There's never been an album titled "Recovery." <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? I've never even heard that word till this now. Um, and yeah, it's going to have big people on it. It's going to have your Sam Smith. It's going to have Noah Cyrus. It's going to have Ariana Grande. Um, and it'll probably be pretty decent. We'll wait and see. I think it technically came out yesterday. So XD, I haven't listened to it yet. But that's that one. Uh, we also have Bryce Desner, who we, whose brother uh, and band we've mentioned before, The National. Uh, I guess he's 
composed some like original classical music, uh, and he's got the Australian string quartet playing with him. It's called Impermanence and Disintegration. Should be pretty interesting. Um, obviously, he's a really talented musician, pretty acclaimed. Uh, so I'm probably going to give that a listen. And then finally, just because it's fucking hilarious that people like this still make music, uh, and I believe you made the point to <laughs> what 20-year-old band doesn't still make music, uh, the Fratellis, the uh, fucking Scottish rock group, Chelsea Dagger is the only song you remember, Damn and it's the only song worth knowing. Uh, they're coming out with a new album, and it's called uh, Half Drunk Under a Full Moon. Classic. Yuck. Yuck, 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 yuck. Why uh, not fully it. drunk under a half moon, you know? See, now we're talking. That's more <laughs> my speed. I would probably need to be fully drunk and outdoors to try to fucking understand what's going on with that music. Is that all the album releases? That was all the ones I believe we discussed last week, yes. Okay, let's move on to the highlights and lowlights of the week. Thursday, I started off, though, you know what, it's a whole new podcast episode. So, John, you want to start off? Oh, snap, switch it up, sure. Uh, so I listened to Noah Cyrus's The End of Everything. Um, 2020 album, super hyped up. That's uh, Miley Cyrus's sister. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, kind of hyped it up. Uh, or kind of in the same vein as that Phoebe Bridgers album I listened to last week, just something that was overhyped uh, in the media, and I was like, eh, I'll check it out. Pretty underwhelming. Uh, two good songs. Uh, one really, really good song called Ghost. Uh, everything else, just boring pop music, uh, and I believe I made the claim that uh, her family was just way too involved on the project. Uh, the weird fucking voicemail of billy ray just felt so forced uh and she's, I would not recommend just, she's it. shoving it down your throat that her dad's billy ray cyrus multi-millionaire slash best-selling artist yeah yeah so i mean listen to ghost and once you get to track one stop uh gotcha and once again benny blanco came out with his new album uh where he basically got artist credits for all the songs that you've probably already heard on the radio um it's really incoherent uh, as far as like the flow and structure of it because of course why would it be it's like a dj Khaled album uh, at least one new artist i heard about and the video just dropped today actually but unlearn with gracie abrams worth checking out and then the east side which was like, like number one for 12 weeks or something uh, on the radio i mean it was just it was insane so, um, with yeah. halsey and uh Khalid, which I believe is what we yes, it's Khalid. It's not DJ Khaled. For all you who don't understand, <laughs> it's not DJ Khaled. It's Khalid. But, but yeah, it was just pretty disappointing because obviously Benny Blanco is a really talented producer and works with literally everyone under the fucking sun in the music industry and isn't bogged down by a label or like a bunch of yes men. He literally just works with people he thinks are good, um, whether they're successful or not. Um, which is kind of the same reason why I like Kenny Beats. You know, he does whatever kind of music. Uh, Unfortunately, this project was half-baked. Um, uh, you you uh, cut out Andy for Brown the last... Kills it. Rockhampton kind of sucks a nut. And then... Uh, hey, John, you cut out <laughs> for the last, like, ten seconds. Oh, I just said Rockhampton kind of sucks, but Danny Brown kills it. Oh, their new song. Oh. I didn't hear any of that. Am I back? I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rockhampton's new song featuring Danny Brown. Danny Brown kills it. They suck. That's totally fair. I mean, <laughs> Danny Brown's an amazing feature. I'm trying to be verbatim since uh, with right, right, Thursday's right. words. 
Danny Brown's an amazing feature. It's kind of like Absol, where you might not be a fan of his solo art or his solo albums, but when he's hopped on somebody else's track, it's always worth a listen. For sure. And this is no different. It's a good song. I mean, nothing wrong with it. Um, And then for my favorite thing I probably listened to all week, uh, it's a song by Anne-Marie um, called 2002. Uh, it was written by her and uh, Ed Sheeran, produced by Benny Blanco, had all the makings of a song John would love, uh, and it's awesome. Uh, it literally encapsulates 2002 so great. The chorus is like this weird amalgamation of like a bunch of hits from the 2002 to 2004 era, and it just feels really nostalgic, and it's dope. Uh, highly recommend that song. It's so good. I, and it's not from... It's not like a new release. It's like from 2018. I just never heard it because I guess she's like a UK artist. And I don't know. I, I didn't know if that was ever played on the radio. I don't know how I found it. Just like it was on my YouTube. And I was like, fuck yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I've, uh, never, I've never heard of this song. So, or the artist, honestly. Oh, actually, that's not true. That's not it. Hold on. I forgot what? about the I Am Dochi album. Oh. Uh, oh, the places you'll go. Is that with two uh, eyes? I have a feeling it's with two yeah. eyes. Okay. It's with two I'm eyes. I'm a genius. Uh, which I believe No Name recommended. Um, really, really unlike the fucking Benny Blanco or No Cyrus uh, projects, just really, really coherent, uh, very much on the theme and on brand. Uh, it's pretty short. It's like eight songs. Um, there were two really big standouts for me, uh, which were Yucky Blucky Fruitcake. Nice. Could use a better name blucky. probably, but... B L U C K Y. Okay. Same too. Uh, and then something real is the other one. Um, whole album's probably worth listening to, but again, there's a lot of topics I don't personally relate to, so it's hard to be like, "Oh, wow, that felt so good," because I'm not Christian, I'm not black, and I'm not a female, and a lot of that. You don't check the boxes, okay? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but other than that, I mean, just super solid work. That's all I listen to. What'd you watch? Watch anything? That is it. You're, you're lagging a bit, so. Uh, we kind of. Oh, we kind of both talked about it last week. Um, I figured you would bring it up because it was what you watched too. But uh, the QAnon thing is all I watched. Um, so. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what we covered about the show. Uh, I really enjoy the show, even though it's just a shitty docu series. They're all the same. Um. Obviously, the father and the son are in on it. They're part of Q, blah, blah, blah. But it's crazy to me that the end of the third episode actually showed the footage of the Christchurch thing. And I think you said specifically that you didn't care for shows doing that, or at least not putting up a warning before doing that. You should, yeah, you should just put a warning up. That's my whole thing. I'm, I'm cool with doing it, right? Like, I get that some people haven't seen it it's important to share that this is a real thing that happened and that there's real video evidence it's not some fucking global conspiracy theory the earth's not fucking flat none of that garbage but also i don't want to watch people die and i don't want to watch people who want to watch people die right you know what i mean so it's like i want to i want to know my window at which i can skip the violence that i already know occurred i don't definitely know i mean it was literally i was just you know chilling watching the episode and then my anxiety just went through the roof once that started because i was like oh Oh, they're just showing this whole clip. That's cool. That's cool. And then they give you the audio once it actually starts. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. It's probably worth the watch. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Two episodes weekly, and right now there's four bingeable episodes. I would highly recommend it. It's so good. 
And it's just inter- it's good drama. Like I, I think this is the point I made too, but um a lot of documentaries they kind of seem innocent or like on a singular topic and you're like, Oh, we're gonna find out about, you know, this one family in rural America and there's a complicated affair and he kills the kids and there's all this other, you know, shit and right. and in this case it's oh, it's about a, a website hosting right wing conspiracy theorists. And then it's so much more than that, and it's really, really interesting to just kind of see, you know, the behind the scenes of how that stuff goes on. Uh, it's a really good documentary. Yeah, I, I think we, I think we uh, touched on the fact that there are hundreds of Q drops, and I just had no idea, had literally no idea. I thought it was a few every now and then, um, but I just want to reiterate: if I was <clears throat> a secret government plant, I wouldn't be giving you hundreds of messages, guys. I'd be giving you like one a year, you know, and you'd be happy with it. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll do my work. I'm not going to send you a hundred things. There's absolutely no way that guys get Guantanamo instantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, that's treason. Yeah. But he's a, he's powerful in the government. So. He's uh, yeah. right, man. <laughs> so is that uh, all you watch this week? Yes, sir. All right, uh, I'll go. I'm just going to keep this brief. I watched uh, Doolittle the last year, two years ago, last year. It's, you know what, it's really not that bad compared to all the other flaming piles of garbage that are considered family movies. Um, I've talked about how Tom and Jerry was so bad, like I didn't laugh at all, but this movie managed to make me laugh two or three times, which is better than most so it's really not the worst movie in the world uh, keep your expectations low it's fine you know totally watchable uh, yeah then i watched kong vs godzilla which was awful i'm just gonna reiterate that awful it felt like batman versus superman without batman or superman so you know even the okay parts are still pretty bad uh, it seems like they forgot all the characters um what else uh lance reddick is only in it for 15 seconds and i was kind of confused as to where he came from or if i was supposed to know his character i don't know um what 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 else i think i had a couple other complaints i just can't get them off the top of my head that quick basically the only reason you should watch this is when you're like pissed drunk with a group of friends making fun of it yes uh or you're so bored and trying to decide if life's worth living and you want to answer no Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I'm get anyone who in the future or right now is disagreeing with this opinion. I just want you to know that any action movie that doesn't have an action scene for the first 40 minutes, I think the actual time was 39 minutes and 53 seconds. If we want to be really specific, um, you're a shitty action movie. You need to, you need to go home. You need to not make this movie. Stop. And I'm really glad this didn't come out in theaters because I think Warner would have really regretted it. It's like if Cowboys and Aliens That's didn't it. have Cowboys or Aliens in the first 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah, or if it's it's like if Cowboys and Aliens, it turned out there's actually like Dracula's the villain. And so the Cowboys and Aliens have to fight Dracula because that's how this movie goes. It's it, it gives you this fight, it gives you an ending to the fight, and then it just says, hey, there's a villain. Didn't know if you knew that. There's a villain at the end. It's going to be a double team classic, I guess. Classic. classic. Yeah, alright. There's almost not enough Jails I can say. Time. And then I listened to Wally's Imperfect Storm. Uh, pretty great 
pretty good, great album. It's it sounds like a party bop summer vibes, but then you start listening to it and it's very much um, topical racial injustice, uh, the George Floyd protest. Like the first time, first two times you listen to the song, you really it doesn't register. But the more you listen to it, you see that every single lyric, you know, translates to that or you know that subject matter, um, which makes it even better. I would definitely listen to Move Differently or Move Different. I think that's the top song on there. That's definitely my favorite. And uh, that's all for me for the week. Oh, and I watched Nomadland to catch up. Right. And we'll, we'll talk about more of the Oscar movies in detail that aren't uh, obviously week by week, but Oscar week in well, that three weeks now. Um, so yeah, To Kill Sunrise with Static Selecta, uh, Code of the Friends, new album ah oh, man uh i believe the phrase that can best summarize this album is a disappointment mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. and then a more expanded uh, summary would be the largest disappointment to an homage of brooklyn rap you could ever have from an artist that you didn't want to make that music yeah, or or from an artist that obviously can make that music, you know. Right, that can make that music. You, like, he was making such fine to good music mm-hmm. that it's really upsetting to see him make what is on the fine to bad side of things, you know, when he's, like, clearly a very capable dude. And, like, Static Selecta makes really pretty hot beats, and, like, this whole thing was just really monotone. Um and for once, I think we don't have the same. Oh, you're gone again, John. We don't have the same what? My back. The same favorite song for the first time. Oh, no, we do not. Nope, not at all. Because mine was Wolves. Okay, I explained that Wolves was my favorite track on the album because it was the first track on the album. So you're not tired and worn out by the sound of all these songs. Um, Wolves just kind of hits you in the face and you're kind of excited for the album but then it just drops off or plateaus you know just yeah and I think for me uh, Live and Direct in the Cold uh, they switched from like a really easy you know stripped off a record sample or just like a simple fucking horn in the background over boom bap uh, to a key sample like a piano sample um, where the piano was like super melodic and literally kept the vibe the whole song uh and that's why i like those two songs because it's just a change up of instruments from literally like the most boring hats claps snares and kicks i've ever heard definitely Uh, the the production felt so boring yeah the easiest way to summarize i think both our thoughts on this uh album is that you know the bars are fine the beats are fine but there's just nothing to these songs themselves they're just the same kind of the same thing over and over they retread over topics and even rhyme schemes that we've heard before plenty of times i mean there's a lot of rap in the world <laughs> um so to yeah. be a... and if you just listen to the first three songs you've listened to the whole album easily so it's like why listen to the rest of it it was pretty painful there's nothing it doesn't get any like it doesn't there's no high point per se there's no specific high point in this album it's just very middling and there's 
almost nothing to be said. It's actually nice that we get to shorten this review down because yeah, I'm happy. To it's not talk it's about hard. To, it's hard to talk about this album. It's it's not offensive in any way. I'm not offended by any of these songs. Uh, I think I said Thursday that if all these songs were separate, you know, one-offs on different projects, they would be just fine. But since they're all crammed together on the same project, dull, just dull, <laughs> nothing else to it. I would give right, it a then, five out of ten. Yeah, I think I said also a five. Um, I believe we gave it the same score, but honestly, I haven't listened to it again. And so the more time goes away from me, the worse it sticks in my mind. Right. And I'm like, I could give it a four and a half. Probably, <laughs> but I don't want to do my guy like that. So we'll, we'll say five. We'll say five. Um, so then... Yeah, I, I was gonna say something about his the what was it everything album I think we talked about for a moment. Yeah, yeah, too. we're uh, summer house. good and interesting. Yep. Just don't listen to this album if you ever want to hear any code of the friend music. Just go listen to everything. It's a it's a it's a bad one. It's not it's not Wiz Khalifa currency two thousand nine where it's a good one off. This is just a bad one off. Uh, so then we have Minari, uh, yep. Oscar Best Picture nominee from this year about a. Korean family that moves from California to Arkansas to start a new life. You want to okay. start? Yeah, uh, I'm just going to tackle these few things just real quick, and then we can get into the thematic slash elements of the movie. Um, the kid actors are fantastic. The kid who plays David is just either born to be an actor, or I, I'm not sure. He's just born for that role. It's it's so believable. Um, sometimes not even funny. You're, you're just kind of convinced He's the kid, you know, he's David. I don't care what his real life name is, he's David, right? Um, right. And then Will Patton as the religious, uh, very Christian helper, gardener, helper man, maintenance man. Uh, absolutely fantastic. He's completely lost in the role. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to just point this guy out and say, oh, this is the dude from uh, the old Punisher movie. You know, I, I can't just... When you see him and how he's acting and portraying this character, it's kind of crazy um, how fluidly he does it. And definitely, uh, I wanted to speak about the where he's carrying the cross down the road. He said, this is my church. I just want to say that's an amazing scene. It's a great line. Good script. And then I just wanted to get the acting out of the way. So then we can talk about the real movie, if you want. Uh, <laughs> The, it's definitely shot well. Uh, it's got good cinematography. There's nothing really to complain about there. The score is definitely serves the purpose. It's not right. crazy. I'm not going home and looking up on Spotify, the Minari soundtrack. You know, I'm not doing that. But it's subtle enough and inoffensive enough that it definitely works totally fine. Uh, it doesn't distract anything from the movie. But what I... Or I think Thursday... We covered how the meaning to Minari. Um, what did you think originally, or what were your thoughts originally? It kind of just that, uh, like, I think the grandma was shafted a little, or used poorly, uh, because it kind of makes it seem like everything's her fault, you know, and it seems like it's from David's perspective. And then obviously the grandma burns down the shed and all the food stores, and then they're like, oh, by the way, that Minari that she planted kind of brought us all together. Hoo-hoo, hooray. And it just felt like a little bit of a weak one use of the title and two use of the grandma. So I was kind of like, it didn't end well for me. But after discussing it with you for a bit, 
I kind of changed my opinion on that. So I'm going to literally just preface with, on Thursday, I countered that thought with, um, I really appreciate all the character motivation in this movie. I think the characters' motivations are literally the most important aspect of this movie, and that every character, even down to David, you know, little boy David, they're looking out for the family first. You know, they don't really care about um, what people think or what their other family members think. They're just looking out for the family, whether it's David not liking the grandma, whether it's the grandma trying to help after the uh, partial paralysis, whether it's the dad moving the kids out from L.A., whether it's the mom wanting to move back, um, no matter what, or the girl looking after David, yada, yada. No matter what, all these characters have the one motivation of what's good for the family, and I think this movie's just really good about showing you how one thought process or one motivation can have so many different outcomes, you know? Um, I think I mentioned how I thought the Minari was more of a, more of a loop around reference, um, to how he took their family to uh, a good spot because he says grandma picked a good spot for the Minari. So I think that's more of a, you know, innuendo to his, picking of a good spot for the family because he picked this farm and you know there's consequences but there's also benefits and they don't have nothing like he was saying all the time um yeah uh i there's not a whole lot to say other than that but this movie just excels at character drama i guess well yeah, and there, there were yeah there were just those good moments you hit on a couple of them but like yeah that this is my church scene Dope. absolutely fantastic Very scene sticks in your head it, and you're just like that literally could have been a two-minute video you know they'd show a church and then a van drive by and a man says this is my church and i will remember that two-minute video um right. but it being in a movie makes the movie only better you know right and, and then uh this the the back and forth between david and the grandma was excellent yes uh the mountain water, the, oh, you, do you know what t- pee tastes like? <laughs> like, just a bunch of good little lines of dialogue. Uh, like, it was really well-written and clearly really well-acted, but, like, there were no flaws for me, really, either. Like, again, stage design was good, score was good, they all served their purpose, like, costume design good. So I was only ever sucked into the moment or, like, completely lost in the movie. You know, so sucked into a moment might be like one particular scene that was really good, like the "This is my church." Right. But at no point did I like, I don't know, feel taken out of my viewing experience. And nothing, there was nothing broke the immersion. Egregious, right? Right. Um. So yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. Uh. Yeah. I, I'm assuming this. I'm assuming this might win best picture out of the best picture noms. Um. I mentioned how I watched Nomadland and. Thursday, I said these movies are similar, but they're not the same. They have that melancholic sort of just character drama and, I don't know, kind of boring. I mean, I don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah, somber. somber, somber. That's a better word. That's a less offensive word. Because uh, I don't want to say Minari's boring. I don't want to do that to the cast and crew and whoever. Um, yeah, but that somber feeling, and this was definitely better than Nomadland if I had to Wait, take Nomad- away anything. <laughs> Because Nomadland was a bit more dramatic, and this was a bit more family or I mean, they're both dramas, don't get me wrong. But, like, the dynamic of having a small child who's not just, like, going to die kind of thing, who's not just, like, dead on screen or in the hospital or whatever, or is, like, a neonate and can't talk. It's, like, 
there's going to be comedic elements because of that character because they're so naive to life and the world and how to speak or whatever the fuck it is. And in Nomadland, it's like a retired woman kind of like experiencing death and trauma. And so it's just going to be a lot darker with a lot, even the light moments aren't going to be as light as what this movie could be like. So it's like when you say boring, I also just think like, it's draining, and this movie's way less draining. Yeah, 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 less draining. That's a more positive way to spin that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would definitely give a Minari or give Minari an eight five. I'd, I'd say I think it's a very strong eight five. I don't think I would go any lower. Um, you know, you could argue me into a nine. I think I gave it an eight. Eight, okay. Yeah, I think I think you argued me into an eight. Yeah, I think I was at a seven five beforehand, but boom. I think eight's fair. It's the power of discussion. Um, okay. Yeah, and honestly, it's good enough. I would rewatch it, and I think rewatching this movie could only improve it as long as you didn't just like you know rewatch it four times in a week or something crazy and right. completely like, it's boring as hell. I think showing like, someone wouldn't be a bad experience at all. Right, and again pick up on little nuanced things that I think this movie very clearly did. I don't think you know, it's not a Christopher Nolan movie. It's not uh, The Box or what, what's the one, the time travel one that I always primer? forget the name of? Primer. primer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Primer, you know what I mean? You don't it's definitely no movie. Primer, okay? It's not a masterpiece <laughs> like that one. Alright? We should pick that as our movie. I haven't watched hey, it. Hey, that's forever. a fucking fantastic movie. Um, um, yeah. Alright, well. That's, that, that's, uh, does that that's do that it for us? I think so. All right. This has been episode 23, uh, Metacast of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis, and joined by John Pina, I forgot to tell you that this week's movie is The Father, and the album is Room for Squares by John Mayer, and we'll see you next week on episode 24. Hopefully, we'll, we'll record it this time. We're out of here.